Shalom, Chavarim, and welcome to the Jewish Road Podcast. My name's Matt. Hi, I'm Ron, and we are here to bring uh, some great uh, discussion this uh, this day. Is that what we're doing? I think. <laughs> I felt like you're kind of just going for it as uh, you were coming out one word at a time. Not yeah. sure where that whole thing was going. Yeah. Well, I got it all. I got it all together. It's one sentence. There you go. Well, you made it eventually. All right. Uh, well, uh, welcome to this episode. And what we wanted to do is we've been talking a lot. We've been at this. We're we're virtually nonprofit pros at this point, right? We've been doing this for two full yeah. years. Yeah. We, and we're living up to that too. <laughs> That's exactly right. And uh, I'd say that a couple years later, we actually talked to somebody yesterday. He said, you know, you're further along than you think. And we, we both looked at each other and said, really? How is that possible? <laughs> yeah. Um, but we are. And uh, as we've been talking about this, uh, there's some things that have been and become sticking points uh, for how we talk about what we're doing. And I think that if, if we're going to really... Uh, put on paper, like, what is it that we're doing at the Jewish Road? Who are we? Who are we trying to reach? What's the story? What's the message that we're trying to get out there? Um, I think this was all in our heads, but the more we talk about it, and we're now 60-plus episodes in on the podcast. We've mm-hmm. been dozens and dozens of, of blog posts and lots of talks at churches and conversations with people. It's 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 how how we talk about this as i struggled to get this out is uh really talk, talking about me yeah well you know got to got to find a uh, we 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 want to put in front of the people the things as as we have been going along we want to want to give a sense of uh where this rocket ship is going oh rocket ship i've yeah. heard this before because yeah. where where are we if if yeah. we are it in 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 the world of astronomy and space exploration, yeah. where is the Jewish road? Yeah, well, we were just talking about this yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think we have lifted off the launch pad, and it didn't blow up. It didn't blow up, and <laughs> uh, and we are headed upwards. And I think we're at the point of uh, getting rid of that first stage rocket and going into uh, you know higher higher orbit right now. And we just want to. Uh, be able to talk to people about where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. You know what I saw the other day? Uh, and I, I wouldn't have known what it was and, except somebody told me about it. I looked up in the sky. I was with Merrily, and we looked up in the sky, and there was a whole train of lights. It was it was satellites, but it was uh, Elon Musk and his Starlink. Wow. Have you heard about the Starlink yeah, thing? Yeah, I heard about it. Yeah, I mean, he has these, like, rockets, and there's, like, you know, all this, like, space stuff yeah. flying all over the place. Every yeah. once in a while, you see something, you you wonder, is that a shooting star? But really, it's like a satellite that's yeah. up there, right? Yeah, so. But if you see Starlink, it's it's a train. It was, like, 12 lights that were all connected together flying across the sky. It was the most surreal, crazy. I thought it was a UFO. I know a lot of people are talking about that these days. But yeah. all that to say, that was a lot to say. Yeah. And here's the point. Yeah. This is where I'm trying to go is Good, that I'm glad there's a point. <laughs> I know I'm looking for it again. But what we're trying to do with this liftoff, we have launched as a ministry, but we really want to be in orbit and we want this message to be going around. And not that this message is something that we necessarily own, but this is something that's been clarifying for us. And I think it's been clarifying to Christians we've talked to. And I think it's been clarifying even for the Jews that we've talked to. 
Um, yeah. When we've said like, I, there's I, this division, there's a there's a separation. Yeah. I, I think it, it started to crystallize uh, for us when we came to the point of looking at all of this as a two-act play. Yeah. And so if you're just joining us, if this is the first episode that you've ever heard, congratulations. Hopefully this will be a good one. If not, then go back and listen to the other ones because there's probably some better ones out there. But it's confidence. It's lots of confidence. We're throwing it out there. But let's let's just talk about who we are uh, as the Jewish road and kind of draw a line in the sand and be able to say, this is who we are and how we want to talk about this. Does that help? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think, uh, you know, as we're talking about that, I think we have really kind of a unique mission. Um, this is what we hear from everybody who you know, we have an opportunity to share with that, uh, wow, we, we had never thought about it that way. And so before. when we say this, we say that what we do and how we talk about what we're doing is like a two act play. So yeah. how does that first act start out? Yeah. Well, it, it's as if, uh, the Jewish people, all the Jewish people in the world bought tickets to a two act play and they went in and they saw the first act it was great at intermission. They got up, went out to the lobby, got a drink, and went home. And that's it. Meanwhile, all of the Christians in the world, they get tickets to the same two-act play. They get there a little bit late, and so they missed the first act. Mm -hmm. uh, they're taking the time getting in. They get a drink. They pass by the Jews in the lobby. The Jews are on their way out. The Christians are on their way in, and they see act two, the second act of the play, and... They, they watch the whole thing, and the, the tragedy is that neither group has really seen or heard the whole story. Yeah, and not only that, but neither group uh, has seen each other since. Yeah, and, and so I, I think of things in terms of story and this great drama that is unfolding in front of us, the great drama that we are a part of, and we have to look at this story, uh, both past, present, and future, and really how they all kind of come together but as you look at this, what's central in every great story is there is a central figure. There is mm -hmm. a hero that we're rooting on and, and getting clarity about who that character is, is really important. Yeah. And, and so what we are doing basically is we, we're acting as a guide to bring you to that uh, person, right? That's right. And, uh, we, we want to bring the Jewish people and we want to bring Christians together by really um, unveiling the real identity of Jesus as the promised Messiah of Israel. Yeah, and we do that coming really from a perspective and an understanding uh, of both Jewish and Christian perspectives. Um, we get to stand in the middle of this and uh, we've seen both acts of the play. And we really get to serve as a bridge, and we want to be able to facilitate meaningful dialogue and bring together unity where we might say, well, now that that's your part of the play, that's my half. It's interesting because we have both groups saying, well, my, my part's enough. Yeah. Uh, I, don't need the, I don't need to see the other part. I don't need the whole story. Or even worse, that part over there is over and done with. Okay. Um, so we're, we're, we're in the middle. We stand in the middle, uh, as you said. Uh, because we're Jewish and we're believers in Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah. Yep. And so we can hopefully bring some of that perspective to both groups. Yeah. 
And, and, and so when we look at this, I think that the biggest problem that we face when we look at this, and the thing that really has to get straight is Jesus. Yeah. Uh, the church, uh, the Christians, they say his name is Jesus. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> the Jewish people call, they talk about a Messiah, but they would never say that Jesus is the Messiah. And then you and I were in this like other category that is, we call him Yeshua. Yeah. Uh, and we, and we call him, he's also the Messiah and he's also Jesus. Uh, but it's, it's really a problem of, uh, mistaken identity that no one, neither the Jews or the Christians see Jesus for who he really is. Who he is. Yeah. yeah right. And uh, yeah, so Jewish people and Christians alike uh, ha have this same problem, but coming from opposite directions. Uh, I didn't know it, you know, growing up uh, until I reached my mid twenties, I didn't, I didn't see Jesus for who he was. Uh, as the Jewish Messiah. And then when the veil was lifted, it's like, wow, that's amazing. He's, he's one of ours. He's the Messiah. Um, you know, and it was like, well, this is a lot different than the Jesus I saw from all of my friends out there, you know, who went to church, who were, you know, Christians. Yeah. At least they said they were Christians. Well, and that's because in, in the Christian world, in the Christian context, Jesus is really stripped of his Jewishness. Um, we have, you know, a, a Jesus in white robes and he looks very blonde and uh, the Jewish people, they look at him and essentially they disregard him altogether. They've written him off because he no longer looks Jewish. Yeah. And, and for me, that was kind of a distorted picture of who he really is when I found out who he really was, um, that, you know, he is, you know, Yeshua HaMashiach, the son of Abraham, the son of David. And he is the Messiah who fulfilled all of the prophecies of the Old Testament and still some yet to be fulfilled when he returns because he's going to return. And what what I think, you know, if you've seen the, the TV show, The Chosen, I think the thing that people like, and I'd say the primary audience of the people who enjoy The Chosen are Christians, um, but they, mm -hmm. the, the reason that they really like it, I think what they like about the whole thing is it's putting Jesus back into his Jewish context. It's restoring who he was and who he is uh, from the very, very beginning, um, that they look and they say, ah, oh, I like that. The, the, and it, it, I think it's almost surprising because it's not how we normally picture Jesus, I, mean, I grew up with the flannel graphs and he's wearing white robes, he's smiling and he's carrying a lamb in his arms. Yeah. And, and that's not necessarily um, the, the true picture of, of what that's supposed to look like. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's hard to live out the, you know, your, your full faith uh, when, when you only have half of the story. And so for, for us Jews uh, who grow up without... Uh, any kind of a relationship with uh, with the Messiah, looking for the Messiah, maybe most I think are not, but uh, you know that is the sense that the the observant and orthodox Jewish people they are looking for the Messiah to come, but uh, the the challenge is is that uh, they completely will disregard the second half of the story, and we want our you know, brothers and sisters who are believers, who are, 
Christians to be able to share the second half of the story with those who are only looking at the first half. Yeah, and I think that as believers, uh, people who follow Jesus of Nazareth, um, that our understanding of Jesus's identity is integral to our faith journey. And when you truly know who Jesus is, when you have have things straight about his identity, it not only deepens our faith, but it illuminates his intent. What is it that he actually came for? And it helps to explain the story. And and when we don't have that right, we, we're missing we're missing the plot. Yeah, yeah, and, and the plot gets missed on both sides. Um, you know, when I when I think of and when I first grew to understand who Jesus was, uh, I was brought into the fact that the Messiah had a role that he was going to suffer and he was going to die for our sins. Uh, Isaiah fifty three, uh, the forbidden chapter. Uh, opened all of that, uh, just a, a huge illumination of who he was. Um, but we've lost some of that uh, original narrative. The fact that when the Messiah came, uh, Jeremiah prophesied and Ezekiel prophesied that a new covenant was going to be brought. And that new covenant was going to be brought and made with Israel. important to know, I think, especially as we're living in these last days, that there will be two questions um, that we will be accountable for knowing at the end of the age. One question is, who do you say that I am? And it's that question that Jesus, he takes his disciples and they go up to Caesarea Philippi and he says, who do you say that I am? Um, But the other question is, how did you treat and love my people? And every calendar day that ticks by will continue to force the urgency of those questions. And so, Where I think most Christians answer that first question correctly, many are largely unaware of just how deeply connected that second question is to the heart of God. Yeah, and I think there's a tremendous responsibility for all who know the Lord to be able to share that. And, you know, we can go all the way back even into the book of Esther Mm. and, you know, to know something and to not stand for it or proclaim it uh, is a tremendous neglect of a responsibility that God gave. Um, I, I just, when you were saying that, recalled the, uh, you know, the words uh, of, of what Mordecai uh, said to Esther, for if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Hmm. And so, you know, we, we have that responsibility to not stay silent and to stand for what's true. And it was true for Esther in her day, and it's true for us today. That's right. Yeah. I I mean, when you ask the questions of like, why this ministry? Why now? Why is this timely and relevant for the time that we're living in right now? 
along those lines of for such a time as this, you know, we can't just dismiss that as some Old Testament reference from a Jewish uncle Mordecai to a Queen Esther, that it was not a one-time statement that was given to Queen Esther, but with every generation that comes and goes, God, who is the author of the original story, um, is determined to move the plot forward with anyone who is willing to partner with him in it. And so that's where we think that God has given us this vision for this ministry, the Jewish road, for this generation and for this moment in time. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think the stakes are really high that this is a message that we have to get out as we are really, I believe, closing in on the end of history and the end of this age. Yeah, well, and the question of Israel is not going away anytime soon. We can't ignore it. Um, it just <laughs> go online or watch the news for, for 30 minutes, and it screams from headline news. Uh, it cries out from the pages of the Bible. And if eternity is written on our hearts, then the restoration and the salvation of the Jewish people is the through line to the faithfulness of God. And so we have to be able to be able to look and to, to restore this message. And I think in, in many ways, the bride has lost her way. Over the last 2,000 years, the American church has lost the plot, um, forgetting what this originally was about was a chosen people. And not only was it about a chosen people, but is still about a chosen people. Yeah, and when we talk about such a time as this, it, it's not just a quote from Esther that we're talking about. This This is really a divine mandate that God gives that is supposed to be renewed with each generation, you know. Uh, I I look at that in two ways. Um, When we do a a bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah, we hand the Torah down from grandfather to father to to the young, you know, bar mitzvah. And we're passing the word of law, uh, the word of God along from generation to generation. Yeah. And I think that the church has uh, a... Lador Vador, as we say, from generation to generation, that they need to pass down as well. Um, and the other way I think of it, you know, when I when I taught history in high school, you know, I taught U.S. history, government, all of those things. Um, what we're doing is we are renewing as we're passing down to the ne- that next generation of kids the understanding of what this country was founded on and what the beliefs were and so on. If you don't teach that, then it gets lost. And I think we can see the results of that uh, even today in the world and the country that we live in. Uh, So, you know, this is an important mandate that we need to pass this along, that this is a Jewish Messiah who brought a Jewish covenant and the Jewish people need to understand this as well as the Gentiles. Yeah, and it's incumbent upon the church to be a light, right? Whereas originally God said to the chosen people, he said he chose Israel and he says, you will be a light to the nations from you. Everybody else will receive the light. Israel neglected its duty. And so he says, I'm going to give this to the church. And now the church is going to be a light and to shine that light back to the Jewish people. And there's going to be a restoration. Um, But we have to, we have to remember that God is not done with the Jewish people. And if we could stand up and say anything, um, we cannot forget Israel. We cannot forget the Jewish people. Yeah. And and as you say that, as we are a light, I, you know, I think of all of the times when we talk about how Israel has failed in terms of what their role is. I think that, uh, that, you know, in many ways, the church has failed as well. But I look at 
the prophet Ezekiel, for example, and in so many verses in there, he is constantly saying to Israel that he is bringing him through all of these situations and disciplines so that you will know that I am the Lord. And he comes to one point uh, in the book of Ezekiel, I think it's about chapter 36 or 37, where uh, he, he says, I'm bringing you back into the land and I'm not doing this for your sake, but I'm doing it for the sake of my holy name, which you profaned among the nations, that when I do this, you will know that I am the Lord and the nations will know that I am the Lord. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- this is the call. This is why we're doing this. And, um, you know, one of the things that we talked about, and I think, did this come from uh, Eric Metaxas's book, uh, Letter to the American Church? Um, was it, was that where we were talking about it? Did he talk about uh, during World War II in Germany as the trains are carrying the Jewish people to oh, their death yeah. in the concentration camps? Yeah. Was Eric the one that talked about that? Yeah, yeah, I think he did. I, I think I've, I've read it in a couple of places, but I believe he, he did. And yeah, uh, in some places, a church may have been built and not too far from a railroad track. And when the, when the train would pass by... Uh, Obviously, there would be Jewish people in the boxcars uh, screaming for help. And what Eric uh, said, I believe it was him, that uh, the church would sing louder to drown out the cries. Um, that's not what we're supposed to do. Uh, the church in Germany lost its way. And, you know, we want to be a strong body of believers today that reaches out uh, to all people, but as the Apostle Paul said, uh, this gospel, which leads to the salvation of all who will believe, is to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. That's right. And so we can no longer look away. We can no longer turn up the volume and ignore God's covenantal people. Uh, I think the age of uh, th- this age, this end of the age, uh, demands it, and I think the the end of the story counts on it. And so our mission and what we are set out to do here at the Jewish Road is to prepare and equip the church for when that day comes. Uh, there, the, the end of the persecution of the Jewish people has not yet been, been told. That, that, and there's still more persecution well, to come. And, yeah. and for the church yeah. as well. And, and Zechariah uh, says that uh, in the last days, in, during the time of the tribulation, two-thirds of Israel will perish. Um, so... If we save, you know, any of the Jewish people today, they won't be a part of that two-thirds. Uh, maybe the number of that percentage will be smaller. Well, you look at, you know, even just what was lost in the world during the pandemic is nothing compared to what will be happening in the end days. But our mission is really to prepare and to equip the church for when that day comes. Um, really, in the end, we know as as... Many as there are critics of the church, um, we know that one day the church will be ready and watching and radiant and splendid is is the picture of the bride at the end of the time. But what what's at stake is that the Jewish people, they need to recognize that Yeshua, that Jesus is for them, not just for everybody else. Yeah. And what's at stake true. for the Christian community is that we do not want them to get to the point where they have been successful in reaching the world, going out to the very ends of the earth in this great commission and somehow miss in the process of doing that Jesus's biological family. Yeah. We yeah. want to keep that first 
foremost on the front of everybody's minds and hearts. Yeah. And I, and I think the scripture really to keep in mind for, for um, Christians, for believers uh, today, and also uh, a, a great uh, text to be able to share with your Jewish friends is in Jeremiah 31, 31, where he says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I brought them by the hand out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. And so, you know, for the church to wrap themselves around that prophetic uh, word that was given some 600 years before the Messiah, Jesus, was even born, uh, to understand that in that way, that that covenant is made with Israel, and for the Jewish people to understand that this covenant is was prophesied, that it was going to come, and it's not going to be like the law. It's going to be different. It's going to go in the heart. So just tremendous truths all over the place to be able to share. And it's with that that we say um, that is the goal. That is the mission. That is what we are about here. And we are doing that through, number one, just talking to you right now, having this podcast. We are 60 plus episodes into this venture and continue to talk. We're putting out blog posts. We're speaking in churches. We're taking trips to Israel. We're working on a book that's going to come out next spring. And so all these ways are, 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 are working and how we want to be able to take this message and let it orbit and let it go out there and broadcast to the ends of the earth so that both Jew and Gentile would be living out, know the story that we find ourselves in and live that out according to the glory of God. Yeah, and we are getting a tremendous response from people who are following now. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> all, all from We're the... supposed to believe these things, but... <laughs> yeah, it's just, you're, you're out there. Hi, thanks for listening. All right, well, um, yeah, that's it. Uh, that's We want to just kind of draw a line in the sand and say, hey, um, that's who we are, that's what we're doing, and that's what we're about and with that, uh, thanks for listening. Um, get the word out. Help us. Um, join us in this process and uh, continue to support and listen and uh, get the word out so we can continue to do this work. So until next time, I say, Shalom, Shalom, Yerushalayim. Which means pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Shalom. Shalom. Shalom.